Hi, everybody. Great to see you. Will Davis Jr. here. If I don't have the pleasure of knowing you, welcome to Austin Christian Fellowship. It is so good to see you, and we're so glad you're here. And I had the pleasure today of talking to you in, I guess, chapter three of this series called Mining for Gold on the topic of honoring ethnicity. Now, you can tell by the bumper video you saw just a minute ago that we're, the mining for gold concept is what we are trying to do and be as Christians is the people who pull gold out of others. Um, our director of communications, Lauren, has taught us in the past that in the calling out culture, which is predates cancel culture, we'd call out somebody for their mistakes, for being stupid, for saying dumb things online. We're taking the opposite tack. We're here to call what we know is in people out of them, and what we know is in them is gold. And so I'm so grateful for you're here. I'm so grateful I had the chance to talk to you about this topic. If you wanted a live person, stay tuned, because as soon as I'm done here in just a minute, our director of missions, Michelle, will be right back up to close the service and walk you through some exercises and thinking about this topic. My topic today is honoring ethnicity. Last week we talked about honoring leaders. And by the way, can I give please a shout out to my friend Chris Tapkin, who I called him Saturday at 4 p.m. He was on his way to the UT Rice game. And I said, you're on tomorrow, I'm sick and I can't teach. And Chris stepped up and just killed the topic on leadership. So thank you, sir, well done, and I'm proud of you. If you hadn't listened to that, it was strong about honoring leaders, so please go back and do that. What I get to talk to you about today and to get to is ethnicity. Now, let's get some terms. These will be on the screen for you. The first term I'm going to throw back at you from a couple of weeks ago is the term honor. And it simply means to ascribe value to something. It's a price tag in all honesty. If you go through a a thrift shop and you see a little bell and it's a dollar fifty they're saying we think the value of this bell or this mitten or this shoe or whatever you find in a thrift shop is worth a dollar fifty it's the value you put on something it's the price you put on something so what honor is is honor is putting the appropriate value on someone not something it's a human thing when we honor people we put on them the value that they're due and what culture is doing and of course, we as Christians constantly find ourselves going the opposite direction of culture. Culture is putting dishonor on people. They're devaluing them for any number of reasons. What we do as Christ followers is we put the value that God sees on people, and we call it out, and we celebrate it. Um, we're trying to create here at Austin Christian Fellowship, and Chris talked about this so well last week, what is called a culture of honor. It would be a subculture in this case because our culture is not a culture of honor. But at ACF, we're trying to have a culture of honor, which is where we lead with honor and how we address each other and how we address people with whom we're in conflict and how we address people that we have differences with and how we address and talk about our political and social leaders um, and how we treat enemies and how we treat people in the home and how you treat someone who's a social standing below you, obviously, or social standing above you how we treat that person on the corner who is um, homeless and flying a sign. We want ACF to be a place where honor is the default. And we're going to talk in the weeks to come why that's important, because God honors honor, which is kind of a fun way to say it. But it's also it's just right. It's just the right thing to do. So a culture of honor is that place where the, the code, if you will, is one of honor. We defer to each other, we speak to each other in honor, we, ref we refer to each other in honor. A culture of honor certainly includes honoring people of varying 
ethnicities. Now, if you want to find in your Bible, go to Luke chapter 10. And I've got a four, I've got a three-word verse for you. There are not many of those in the Bible. This is not a three-word verse, but I've got three words for you. Luke chapter 10, Luke the 10th chapter, verse 33. I'm going to talk about ethnicity. I'm deliberately not saying race or racism because I think it's a misnomer. There's one race on the planet, it's humans. Okay? There are varying ethnicities. And ethnicity and ethnic cleansing and ethnic hatred and ethnic prejudice is a real thing. We're all the same human race, so let's, let's go with what it is. It's, it's calling out ethnicities for their differences and treating them with dishonor. Well, we're, we do just the opposite as Christians. We see ethnicity and go, yay! Look what God did. So the best example of this is Luke chapter 10, when Jesus is talking uh, to a man and he says, um, you know, what are the laws and how shall I keep them? He says, love the Lord to God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the man trying to prove how right he was, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus gets him. Jesus says, there's a man going down the road to Jericho. He's trapped, he's beaten by thieves and left for dead. And then he's, he names two religious leaders, a Pharisee and a Levite. They come down the trail and they see the guy and they go, oh, he's a mess and he's ugly and he's bleeding and I don't have time for this. And he's kind of, the road to Jericho is like narrow, so they have to almost step over. It's not like you can pass on a four-lane highway. It's like they got to walk over the guy like this to go past him. And then comes a Samaritan. Okay, so the verse I want to give you, Luke 10, 33, says, but a Samaritan. That's all I want to say. It's <laughs> so good. All right. So if I called you a Samaritan in Jesus' day, I might have used, it might be the same as using a really rough four-letter word on you. Or we, we don't have a cultural equivalent. Let's go with that. Okay, we don't have something that's equal to calling somebody if you're a Jewish Samaritan because they had political and social and religious rivalry going on, northern and southern kingdoms, and Jews believed that the Samaritans had abandoned the faith and compromised and were turncoats and sold out and got their just rewards, and the Jews refused to accept Samaritans as converts to Judaism. They said, you can't, you can't come in. They would pray for them to go to hell. They'd stand in the temple and say, Lord, send the Samaritans to hell and think they were justified in doing so, and if you called somebody a Samaritan, you're likely to get in a fight or get sued. It was, it was a term of, it was a derisive term, okay? Jesus, when his enemies were mad at him, they said, you're just a Samaritan. They meant it to be as insulting and, and degrading as they could. And again, I don't know that we have a, a similar term in our culture that was that degrading and that harsh. And so Jesus makes the hero of this story a Samaritan. He says, but a Samaritan came down and comes down the road and finds the man who's injured and scoops him up and takes him to an inn and puts, tells the innkeeper, put this on my bill, whatever he needs, give it to him, I'll be back. Well, that was, the Samaritans were not capable of doing good. And so when Jesus tees up the hero of the story as a Samaritan, he's, he's blown the mind of his audience and he probably lost them for a minute. So what's so cool about this is the phrase today, Good Samaritan, is quite common. In Jesus' day, it was an oxymoron. Okay, do you, know, do you guys know what an oxymoron is? I'm, do your heads like this, I'm assume you do, okay? An oxymoron is where you put two terms together that appear to be opposites, okay? So they, you see, you've got two words together, like jumbo shrimp, okay? 
that is an oxymoron because shrimp is small, but you're going to call it jumbo. So let me give you some examples of oxymorons, and then I may get, take some liberties here. Like an exact estimate, that's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as that. A minor miracle, there's no such thing. There's only big miracles. Um, here are some more fun ones. Government intelligence, sorry, okay, that could be an oxymoron. Postal service, might be, never mind. Um, Bader football, that's an oxymoron. Um, adult male, some of you might think is an oxymoron. Um, airline schedules could be one. Here's one. Country music, clearly an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. Online security, okay, you made my point. Good Samaritan, there was no such thing. There was no Samaritan that was good, only to be hated and to be cast off. And so Jesus flips the script by making the Samaritan the, point, the hero of the story. There's even a thing called a Good Samaritan effect now. How many times have you read news articles, a Good Samaritan rushes into a burning house and pulls somebody out? It's, 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 it's now common. When you hear the term Samaritan, you think of someone who did good. Okay? In Jesus' day, you heard the term Samaritan, you'd think of somebody you'd pray would go to hell. That's how much Jesus flipped the script on what a Samaritan was. And remember, they were ethically, excuse me, ethnically, culturally different. And Jesus, rather than jumping into the cultural momentum of we all hate Samaritans, he flips the script and calls the gold out of what he knew was in these people. And the rest is history. We now live in a day when Samaritan is a really, really good thing. It's, Samaritan is synonymous with someone who does good. How did Jesus pull that off, okay? How do we, how are we to be script flippers, okay? Well, a couple things about Jesus. Number one, he knew that gold existed in Samaritans. He knew it was there because he knew that they were created in the image of God. He knew they had made political and religious and social mistakes. He knew that sin was there. But when he saw Samaritans, he saw men and women that God loved. Remember I said to you two weeks ago, you'll never look into a set of eyes that isn't made in the image of God and that God doesn't love and that Jesus didn't die for. You'll never look into a set of eyes that there isn't gold there. Jesus knew that about, there are no exceptions. We don't get to have, okay, I love everybody but this group. No exceptions. Jesus knew that about Samaritans. He knew there was gold there. But he didn't just know it. He stated what he knew to be true. He got out loud with his knowledge. So Jesus, in what was clearly a, a politically incorrect comment, said, but a Samaritan came along and did what the religious leaders were not willing to do. He got his hands dirty, and he elevated the Samaritan and made him the hero. And that started the, the flipping of the script that we now enjoy today. It, start, it restored, you ready? It restored dignity and honor back to Samaritans. That's what it means to honor ethnicity. Sometimes you have to be the first to call out what's there when all a culture is saying, shame on you, and shame on you, and shame on you. And it doesn't have to be ethnicity. It can be any group that's getting pounded by culture right now. So I need to spend a minute talking to you about how God feels about the ethnos. Can put the word ethnos, E-T-H-N-O-S, on the screen. 
It's, it's, again, not the word race, it's the word ethnicities. It's in, in scripture, it's the word nations, or it could be Gentiles, anybody who's not a Jew. But it, it means the, the nations at large, ethnos in, in the Greek. Our word ethnicity comes from it. God loves the nations. He loves all of them. By the way, I'm so glad you asked, by the way, do you know, what percent do you think is Anglo on the planet? Because we think, those of us who are Anglo, who are white, we think we're normal, some of us think we're normal, everybody else is different. You know what the percentage of Anglos is on the planet? 16. One-sixth of the world population is Anglo. The leading ethnicity on the planet is the Han Chinese ethnicity. Not, not white guys and white girls. So in our culture, we may like everybody's white, but it's, first of all, that's not even true. If you travel outside our country, um, Austin is 8% African-American. Austin is probably right at 50% Hispanic. So we've got a pretty integrated city, but if you go to parts of the country, it doesn't look that way. If you go around the world, you don't see a white person anywhere. And yet we think it's normal. So Jesus, I'm digressing, but Jesus wasn't white. Go to the Middle East and you get a picture of what Jesus probably looked like. Totally different than what we think is normal. Blow up normal, okay? If you're going to restore honor to ethnicity, you've got to blow up what you think normal is. So God loves the nations. He sent prophets to nations. There are at least two books in the Bible written to countries other than Israel or Judah. Okay? There are biblical heroes in the story of the scriptures that are not from Israel or Judah. And in the Great Commission, Jesus said, go to the nations. Go to all the nations and baptize them. At the day of Pentecost, when the people started speaking in tongues... There are at least 12 different languages mentioned there because Jerusalem was full of worshipers from all over the area who'd come to be part of that Passover celebration. And they hear the Great Commission. They hear the gospel being preached in their language, 12 at least there. So God loves nations. There's not a single one he doesn't care about. And that's what's behind the push here to honor ethnicity. Okay, so that said, let me talk about how to honor ethnicity and see if I can kind of put a bow on this before Michelle comes back up. First of all, as, if we're going to honor ethnicity as Christians, we have to know that there's gold in people that are of other ethnicities. And by the way, we're an ethnicity. Okay, so you can't say people are different from us because we're all different. But people who are of other ethnicities, you have to know there's gold in them. Regardless of their background, regardless of their religion, you have neighbors, you have people you go to school with, you have people you work with, you have people in carpool, you have people on your work site, or the people that you're on, you spend time with uh, at the park or whatever. When you see them, don't get wrapped up in how they dress or their skin color or their language or their cultural differences because those are superficial. Every single person you meet on the streets or in any part of the globe is made in the image of God, which makes them infinitely valuable and makes them equal to you and to me. God sees the exact same capabilities and love and, and worthiness of honor, wealth and worth, when he looks at them as when he looks at you. So you can't see them differently. You have to know there's gold in there, and they're worth fighting for and, and worth honoring, worthy of honor as you are. And then secondly, you've got to call that gold out. And that may mean that when the piling on is going on culturally, you step up and go, uh-uh. You're, you're the Jesus in the crowd who says, but a Samaritan. You may have to do that. You may have to be the guy that says, look, no, 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 no. 
Let me tell you what I see in this person. Let's look past what you don't like about them or their, or their heritage or whatever and really come to terms with why they're valuable and, and treating them as such. Friends, one of the ways we can do this is you've got to blow up stereotypes. You, gotta, you cannot live by stereotypes. They're wrong and they're superficial and they don't honor God. So as we push in Christianity to honor people of varying ethnicities, we number one have to know from the scriptures and believe in our gut that there is equal value in every human being alive, regardless of their birth-given ethnicity. Secondly, we have to speak out loud about that ethnicity. We can't, we can't look the other way when prejudice or abuse or discrimination happen. We gotta be the guys who say, but a Samaritan. We have to be script changers. Okay, there's a script being played out there and friends, you and I get to be the ones to alter the script and take the name Samaritan or name your name that brings to mind certain connotations and certain images and certain, certain thoughts. And now when we say it, we've changed the script and it brings to, con to mind honor. That's what we have to do. And I can tell you one great way to do it. You ready? It's, it's, it's one simple way to do this and it's what I'm working on in my life. Very simply, relationship. If you wanna be able to honor people of varying ethnicities, you gotta be in relationship with people of varying ethnicities. It is all, it's, they're gonna be, it's impossible to be meaningful about it and authentic about it if you don't know anybody who has a different ethnic background, doesn't have a different background than you do. And they're on every street in our city and they're in every office in our city and every school in our city. So get out there, if you haven't already, and build some relationships because there's gold there. And in honoring, being a culture of honor, we're the ones who get to call it out. So get in relationship, have them into your home, go into their home, and go for gold, gold digging for people of varying ethnicities, and you won't believe what you find. Some of the stories are so amazing. All right, I want to pray, and then Michelle's going to come up and give us some closing instructions. Lord, thank you for the time. Thank you for letting me share this message, and I pray you make us people who honor ethnicity. Thank you for honoring us with your son. Help us do the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.